We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. One and one the count. Cishek delivers. And the pitch swung on. Ground ball up the middle. It's a base hit. Into center field. Into score is Schwarber. Coming around third. Hoskins, he stumbled, and he's going to be out by 10 feet. And they may get a play about obstruction in the baseline as Hoskins and Garcia were yes. tripped up between second and third. Third base umpire John Bacon calling it. Well, and they did. Here's your spoiler alert. They got it. They got the call. They got the win. Good morning, everybody. It is a Saturday morning in the Delaware Valley. Along with my friend Jody McDonald, I am Glenn Mack now. And Jody... When things go well, everything works out. It, it is This is so, uh, to steal an old Seinfeld reference, this is so opposite, George, of what was just three weeks ago. Every button Joe Girardi was pushing was wrong. Jody Mack for Rob Thompson. It just, it all works out. Spent a lot of quality time in my basement yesterday watching Phillies baseball starting at 1 o'clock in the afternoon going well past 10 o'clock at night. And yet, at the end of the day, it was all worth it, even though at times they made base-running blunders and Didi Gregorius extended the game last night. There are still things that the Phillies are doing that are reminiscent of the first several months of the season under Joe Girardi. But they're also doing things and or finding ways to win games, get things done, have calls go their way like the one that you played at the top between you and I. I didn't know it was going to go that way. Mm -hmm. I was screaming at my TV. Dusty, why the hell do you send him? He's out by 45 feet. How can you send him on that play? Well, of course, we found out immediately thereafter. Dusty Watson saw the official's call. The ump on the field raised his hands, which meant it was going to be runner interference. So you want to send him because then you are going to be gifted the run. Yeah, they're doing a lot of things right these days, G-Mac. It's amazing. Over over a, over a 10-hour day, I, I assume between the two games, you could have quit dinner or whatever, walked up to your yes, kitchen. Yes, thank you. But the Phillies sweep the doubleheader. They use 22 players to do it. Um, they are now 34 and 31. That is 14 of the last 16. First time they've been that hot in the last 12 years. Uh, and Jody, one of the things that's really encouraging is they're doing it with help from guys like Matt Veerling, who hits two home runs, and Garrett Stubbs, who's the hero the other night, and Bryson Stott. And I mean, you know, that's what you need from a team that you hope is going to be there in October. Yeah, 35 and 31, the first time this year they've been above four, uh, four games, over 500 all year. And uh, you and I did a show together a couple of weeks ago, and I said here on the air, I said during the week, if they can get to 500 before July 1st, I would be good with it. 
Well, we're well below before below before July first, and we're well above five hundred. If you consider four games above, well above. Well, since you haven't been there all year long, I would consider it well <laughs> above. Yeah, not only has it come together, it's come together much more quickly than I could have ever believed would happen. And as you said. And it's a weird dynamic when when things are going right, even when you screw up, it works. And you mentioned a couple of things that Gregorius throw and uh, running through signals and so on. And, and the interesting thing is I'm screaming at the manager yesterday in the first game, right? Rob Thompson blows through his, his three late-inning relievers in the first game and has to come back to the questionable bullpen in the second. Um, but... At the same time, he got he uh, yeah he got ten outs from Brogdon, Dominguez, or Anthony, and Brad Hand in the first game, so they they didn't pitch in the second. But you know what? That's what he needs to do. He needs to win what's in front of him. If you yep. remember, there was there Joe Girardi would not use relievers in games to save him for other games, and we used to scream so. If Thompson says I got to win this first game, and I need Sir Anthony, and I need Hand, and I need, then you know what? He's doing the right thing. Uh, Mac, I used to feel this way forever. I I didn't understand it, but with many years of following baseball and experience, I guess I now understand. I still don't 100% understand it, but the old standing was always on a doubleheader day. You start your best starting pitcher in the first game, and then you take your chance in the second game, even if you don't have the advantage on the matter. I always thought the opposite. I thought, no, 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 hold your better starting pitcher for the second game. Go ahead and take your shot in the first game, and then if you get the first one, you've got that much better a chance to get a sweep. Major League managers never did it that way, ever. 29 out of 30 times, you look at the two starting pitchers, which is the better one He's going to start the first game. I think even when they would go with the better starting pitcher, it would be because the guy, they thought the extra three hours wait would be more rest for him, and that's why they would hold him to the second game more so than, well, we're going to take our shot at the first one. You're right. Rob Thompson is subscribing to the theory of, I got to get wins now. And oh, by the way, the standings kind of say that because the Mets and Braves refuse to lose. This is a very tough division. Uh, the Phillies play an unbelievably great ball, and they're not making up that much ground in the division. They are in the wild card race, but not in the division. Yeah, he's playing for the moment, and the moment is working for him. All right, a couple specific issues I want to go over with you. By the way, 215-592-9494, you want to check in. We've got a very busy three hours, which we'll tell you about coming up. Once again, umpire's an issue. A really weird uh, situation in the second game as Bryce Harper comes up to pinch hit late, <laughs> and they want to walk him. Finnegan, just, he didn't want to throw him anything, so he throws three balls, and here comes ball four, and it's clearly a ball. And the umpire, whose name I had here, Clinton Vondrack, <laughs> uh, decides that, nah, that wasn't a ball, that was a strike. <laughs> Harper steps out of the box, gives him a dirty look, come back in, comes back in. I still think Finnegan's trying to walk him, that the the fifth pitch was not exactly down the pipe. Harper swings uh, and uh, and has a two-run RBI, and boom, excuse me, two-run double, and uh, and that really helps you win the game. But, Jody, the, the, the I don't want to get too sidetracked on this today, but I just see it more and more. The quality of umpiring in baseball seems so bad. Is it is it that the quality's worse or that we just notice it more because of replay and because of the box they put on TV and because of everything else? Yeah, uh, the latter, not the former. I actually don't think the umpiring has been that bad this year. Um, blatant missed calls stand out like a sore thumb, but I think, and you get your uh, altogether too often, 
bad home plate strike and ball call umpire. That I will agree with you, that that on a night-in, night-out basis. And I will tie a bunch of that into the technology that everybody's got the box. Mm-hmm. they got the ability to slow it down and show you exactly where. Now, this is an interpretation. It isn't 100% perfect, but they show you what small percentage of the ball actually comes inside the strike zone. So you scream and yell, oh, it's a strike. Of course it's a strike. Because my TV tells me it's a strike. Uh, home plate ball and strike umpiring hasn't been great, but on the base pass, I think it's been perfectly fine. And anytime they get it wrong, it's because we can slow it down to the umpteenth degree and they're trying to make the call in live uh, full speed time. Uh, I'm not going to get on the umpire's cases for that stuff. Which is a problem in all sports, but it is a problem, though, because now and I'll, I'll take it to football, right? We see on replay what the refs on the field can't, right? We know if the guy's toe touched the out-of-bounds marker by two centimeters because we, we can see it and slow it down and see it in different angles, which is why, and maybe you and I will discuss this another day sometime when we have less going on, they have to change the way games are umped and refed in all sports because the cameras are better than the refs. Agreed. Uh, okay. it, is, it is what it is. Technology is caught up and made umpiring, refereeing, whatever uh, title we're giving those who are judging our games, uh, that much more difficult task to do because they can just blatantly be shown that in real time they miss something by a centimeter and we have the ability to correct those calls now. All right, and the bigger picture. Uh, this seems like a great time to once again, as we seem to do every week, praise Bryce Harper for how great he is. Uh, and he's having an amazing season, and this is coming off the MVP last season. And he is connected with the city in a, in a great way, uh, with the fans, with his teammates, with everything. I don't know that there's ever been a better free agent signing in town. Um, maybe Pete Rose, but, I mean, you're going back 45 years, so that's ancient history. Uh, Runyon and Troy Vincent by Andy. Dr. J- well, Dr. J, I think, was technically a trade. And, again, that goes back. That goes back a thousand decades. Um, the Harper tra- the Harper sign, excuse me, drew some criticism his first year here and maybe his second, including from a lot of people on this station. Boy, has it worked out just great for this franchise. And I haven't changed my opinion since the day he signed the contract. It was a great deal for now. And it is a 13-year contract. You signed a 13-year contract. I'm pretty good at projecting and predicting, Mac. I'm not going 13 years down the road. Well, that's but the, only, now it's only nine, I guess, whatever. The, yeah, yeah, yeah I exactly. You. I hear you. But when they signed it, it was 13. How uh, do you well, know what the hell guy's going to be able to do okay. 13 years from now? Fair and that, enough. to me, was the only legitimate second guess. Yeah. That, and, all right, you, you sign a long-term contract. You know ahead of time. All right, part of it, it might not be worth it. Part of it, we're going to have to come up with a solution and or a way to get around it and or a way to deal with it. Um, but those who thought that it was a mistake from the beginning, that he's not as good as the money that they Are you kidding me? He was, he is, he continues to be, and if not anything, he has risen in the ranks of the best players in baseball. Those who thought that in the short term it was going to be a bad deal just don't like anything. And by the way, Jody, at the rate of inflation right now, in another nine years, $30 million is going to be chump change. Um, here's the flip side of that, and you, you, you gave me a great transition. JT Real Muto gets the, gets the RBI yesterday on that potential double play that he, that he hustles and beats out, and that, that was good. But, um, boy, he's looking cooked this season. I am really worried about that. I like him as a player. I like that signing as well. I thought that, you know, he's a terrific defensive catcher. He's got a catcher with power. He's a leader. Oof, he's just not looking good these days. 
And again, I, I go back to what I said when they signed the contract. I was certainly more nervous about the Rio Muto contract than I was the Harper contract. And his was uh, only five years as compared to 13 years. Well, how can that be the case? Because he's a catcher. And history shows us that catchers into their 30s don't retain their top-level play the way that outfielder, right fielders, DHs. Now we didn't know that it was going to be DH when Harper signed, but it is part of the evaluation going forward. Yeah, the, we, we, we knew there was a possibility that JT could start to erode, that his game could start to come apart a little bit. Now, it's coming apart quicker than I thought. Yeah, sure I, I was more worried about year four and five of that deal, and we're only two years into the deal, and we're already seeing him start to come backwards. It is still less than half a season. I'm not guaranteeing you, uh-oh, he's done, and we've got three years of a bad contract behind the plate that they're going to have to figure out. But right now, it's not looking good. Even uh, and and just to just to put a wrap on this, then we're going to transition into the Flyers hiring of John Tortorella yesterday. Even when they're not, I don't know, fun's the word. They're fun because you have optimism. You look at that bullpen game two when it's Kniebel and Familia and Andrew Bellotti with you know having to get these big outs in the eighth and ninth, and then Jose Alvarado, who was just so painful to watch, getting within one out of the win when Gregorius commits the error, but they come back and they win it in 10 and you celebrate. And it's, it's just all, it's so great these days. They have taken the first three from Washington, two to play Aaron Nola on the mound today at four, I think it's four thirty-five start Eflin tomorrow. So, Hey, continued fun and optimism. All right. I want uh, to play if we can, Kyle Quinn, a cut from yesterday, Flyers, new coach. Uh, what did he have to say? Let's, let's first talk, talk about the emblem. Uh, as I told Chuck, I look at that emblem and, uh, you know, guys back in 04, when we were fortunate enough, I was coaching Tampa and we went through Philly to win a Stanley cup, beating Philly in the conference finals. I remember telling my wife and I told uh, Chuck this story, man, that is a, that is a place I would love an opportunity to be in coach. Uh, the, the passion of the people, the building, uh, everything about the city, uh, it really, uh, it was really neat for me. It may sound a little silly, but even when I was coaching other teams, I've always thought about that city. I've always thought about that team, about hoping to have an opportunity along the way. All right, Jody Mack, John Tortorella doing the obligatory kissing up to the, to the fan base and the passion. Got the word passion in there. You got to do that. Uh, but it is big news. The Flyers hired Tortorella, 63 years old. He's He's got smarts. He has had success, as as you know. He won the Cup. Uh, he certainly got personality, which seems important for a team that has lost relevance with the, with the fan base here. And he has a history where he has, in the past, alienated uh, media, certainly, some fans, some players. Maybe that's not a bad thing here. Uh, again, Flyers are a franchise struggling for attention. Tortorella will certainly attract that. Jody, what do you think? Talking about Tortorella and his personality, you, you put them in a specific order. You said uh, media, fans, players. I only care about one of those three, Glenn, to be truthful with you, and that's players. Mm -hmm. uh, the media is going to be the media, and uh, I've done a 180 on Doc Rivers. I thought he was going to be great here uh, just talking about relationship with the media. Uh, he's a former media member. He's a smart guy. He's a well-spoken guy. 
and he has mishandled his uh, relationship with the media so badly the last two years. Now, uh, I'm just floored by it. I, I thought he was going to be great at it rather than being stone-cold awful at it. There's a whole bunch of area in between there, Glenn, and he landed on the, the furthest side of awful that you could with yeah. the way he's handled himself. Don't care. Yeah, I'll compl- come on WIP and complain about it, but if he's doing the job coaching, his, uh, his relationship with the media doesn't matter. His relationship with the fans, yes, they paid the bills. Yes, they come to the games. The fan's really not going to show up because I can't stand that coach. He, he, he talks down to me. No, if the team is winning, they're going to show up so you can work through that. No, it's all about the players and how he works, interacts, gets the most out of, motivates, and or annoys players. And he has had both good and bad in his stops across the National Hockey League. Um, a guy who's doing pretty well these days. I'm going to make a comparison here that I don't know if it's worthy or not. Buck Walter is having an unbelievable run with the Mets this year. They got the best record in baseball. At some point, Buck Walter runs afoul of his team. Always does. Every stop he's ever been. Has had success, come in and won, elevated the team, made them better. And at some point, he just starts to wear on everybody around him. That's John Tortorella. So Mm -hmm. if you're looking for a quick turnaround, if you're looking for the Flyers to be better next year because they've been pretty damn bad the last two years, you should get that out of John Tortorella. Will he be around long enough to see them become a Stanley Cup contender? That I don't know. But he will make them better right away. Well, and that's a great point because it's 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 what he can do, but beyond him, it's up to Chuck Fletcher, the GM, to make it happen. And that's that's really the challenge. You got to get rid of the stiffs. You got to get guys who can play around Carter Hart. You, you gotta you gotta get immediate help with that number five draft pick, bring in free agents who can actually play for a change. I'm not sure how much faith I have in Fletcher. I I honestly don't know that Fletch how Fletcher feels about Tortorella. Since our friend Anthony Sanfilippo reported the Flyers' ownership hired a consultancy firm to choose the head coach, kind of going around Fletcher, and their first choice was Trotz. But, 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 if Tortorella has the opportunity to have a say in who plays for him, if his leaders are good, if he can, if he can get rid of guys who are soft. Listen, Jody, this is this was a soft, sensitive team. James Van Riemsdyk is not a tough player. Um, Tortorella has to ride them hard. He's got to get Provorov to play tougher and smarter and Kevin Hayes and and hope that Carter Hart doesn't go into the shell that he went into two years ago. Um, this is a team that's missed the playoffs three of the last four years. This is a team that won a, a, a Stanley Cup in 47 years. Um, it's going to be a rebuild, and I hope that he has enough talent to work because they don't, they don't have talent. They're in bad cap shape. Unless he's a miracle worker, I don't know that he can do what he what he does here. I always love watching his teams play. Um, eventually, I think you just kind of alluded to it, people don't go to the games to watch the coach. They go to the games to watch the team, and I hope the team is worth watching. Let me ask you a question on that. Um, you called it rebuild. I think they referenced it in yesterday's media section. I think Torrell used three or four different words to describe the same exact thing, just slightly different. Call it what you want. Uh, Jeff Laurie refused to use that word yeah, two sure. years ago. Transitional period. Different people have different yeah. uh, definitions yeah, right. of words. We all know what it means. It's a reshuffle. No, yes, yeah, taking right, a step backwards to take two forwards down yeah, the road. Right. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be committed to Tortorella? And will Tortorella be okay with this that, hey, it's going to take time? 
because right now they don't have a heck of a lot of cap uh, flexibility. So it no. isn't like even if Chuck Fletcher could identify the top flight players who could fit, they might not be able to get him here. It is going to take time. Will Tortorella be the guy to take that entire time through the process? Uh, he's got a four-year, was it four-year, $16 million contract? Is that what he got, right? Four at four? Uh, or else four at 18, whatever. Chump change at the end. Uh, I would put it at slightly under 50-50 that he completes all four years. Yeah, see, don't you want at least 50-50? Yeah, well, I mean, not, I mean, like, because I don't want to go 50-50. So I'll right. say it's 45-55 that he does the four. What about you? <sighs> yeah, I'm in the same area that you are. I don't want to be negative Nelly, but uh, I would be on the lower side 50-50 too. All right, we got a lot going on today. We're going to work in all four of the uh, local uh, professional, big-time professional sports franchises. There is some news with the Sixers. Actually, the NBA season finished. I want Jody's opinion on a few things involving that. Always there is Eagle news, and we will get them into the conversation. By the way, uh, my friend Ray Dinger is going, to, uh, he's going to be speaking and signing books today at the Surfside Park in Avalon, New Jersey. Six o'clock tonight at a library event, uh, not a bookstore, so... If you're down at the shore, get yourself to Surfside Park, enjoy the sun, and uh, see Ray Dinger uh, talk about his book and sell some books. All right, coming up at noon, we are going to talk to our pal Ben Davis about the Phillies. But coming up next, Jody, noted hockey authority, Keith Jones, is going to join us. Now, I have, I have a question before we talk to Keith. Which Keith Jones? Uh, no, are we allowed to pimp him on the fact that Basically, every other media member from Philadelphia that covers hockey made it into the Hall of Fame this week, except for <laughs> Keith Jones. He's not even the best player from his hometown. Uh, okay. You know so who that is? Who's Keith is from Brantford, Ontario. You know who else is from there? Who's from Brantford? Some guy named Gretzky. Oh, shoot, yeah. <laughs> so, but you want to know something? He's, he's not actually, even the man in his neighborhood. He's actually closer to Gretzky in uh, doing television analysis oh, better, work yeah. oh, than better. he is as a player. Yes, uh, much both better. of them are big time, big position guys. And I'll take Jonesy over Gretzky every day of the week, no doubt. So feel free to ask him about the Hall of Fame. Yeah, congratulations to Al Morgani, by the way. Who, um, geez, I've known Al since college, and I knew Al covering hockey in college, and Al is. is is deserved of that great honor. And Billy Clement, it really was a good week for those guys. Yes, so, it was. Yeah, there you go. Are you in your? Uh, are you in any Hall of Fames? High school? Hall high of school, fame? yeah. Set your heart. Yeah. There you go. Good for you. I am not in my high school Hall of Fame. No. I am, however, in the Philadelphia Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. Nice. They ran, they ran out of people, Jody, and there I was. <laughs> <laughs> right after Michael Barkan and Ruben Amaro. There I'm you in. go. Good company. All right, 215-592-9494. We'll catch up with Jonesy next. We'll take your calls. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now, Saturday morning on 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. 
Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.